0: hi it's the wire it is saturday october 7th 2023 gamblersadvisory.com a free site bettingangle.us a free site remember the opinion you should follow should be your own just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online well a bomb has dropped on the heavyweight division courtesy of the ibf right it looks like fury And Usyk were finally going to fight. But of course, of course, they wanted it to be a two-fight deal, right? The idea is that if the other guy beats me, I want the opportunity to show that that fight was a fluke, that if I get caught with a lucky punch, I want the opportunity to show the world that it was a lucky punch, that I'm the better fighter that this guy, even if he beats me one night, cannot beat me more than one night. Okay, fine. The problem with that, and it's a big problem, particularly today, is that this Fury-Usyk fight is a little bit past its expiration date. Other threats to the heavyweight throne have now shown themselves. One of them is the IBF's mandatory contender, right? You know that I have been calling this guy for months, for months. In fact, going back to 2022, at least, the heir apparent. His name is Philippe Ergovic. Let me applaud the IBF right here for saying, no, we're not gonna agree to a two-fight deal. Involving two guys while excluding our mandatory contender, Philippe Ergovic. Folks, as I sit here today, there's an open question in my mind on whether either Fury or Usyk can beat Philippe Ergovic. Let me also point out, too, that the problem with all the delays on your way to the fight is now we're seeing holes in Usyk's game, for example, right? I believe, and I'm not saying Dubois is the better fighter, but these things are decided in the ring, not on reputation. I believe Daniel Dubois beat Usyk, right? I think it was a completely legitimate body shot, as does the heavyweight champion Tyson Fury as does Hall of Famer Timothy Bradley, on the telecast, as it happened, the American telecast. I believe Dubois hit Usyk with a legal shot. Right? You know that several minutes after it happened, when Usyk was required to continue fighting, and Usyk could not take the body shots, was cleanly getting hit above the belt, and was still complaining to the referee. His midsection was so sore that he couldn't tell at that point what shots were below or above the belt line. Right? Well, just understand, you have a whole group of people. We'll call them other heavyweight contenders who no doubt have made that Dubois, Usyk, fight film, one of their favorite videos. Right? Both Ergovic and Xili Zhang, another major threat to the throne, are accomplished body punchers who no doubt are looking at that film and they're thinking to themselves, wow, that's interesting. I need for folks to realize that there is a moment in Zhang's last fight against Joe Joyce, where Zhang a Southpaw with an excellent right hand. Zhang actually hits Joyce to the body with his right hand. This is well before the knockout. He hits Joyce to the body well, you know, and looks at Joyce. And you could tell he thought. The punch was a home run shot. And Joyce, of course, has that poker face, right? Was known going into the fight as walking through shots, having a granite chin. It's amazing how we forget about granite chins after they crack. Joyce didn't blink, right? I believe Joyce was playing poker. But just to understand Ergovic, Zhang are major threats to the throne. They now know what Baturbia figured out as an amateur, that the way to slow down Usyk is through his body. I'll say this about Tyson Fury. I give Fury credit, a lot of credit, for fighting Deontay Wilder three times. Look closely at the resume. Right? He beats Wilder three times, he beats Klitschko. Right, I believe Wilder and Klitschko are Hall of Famers. In terms of the other top heavyweights, who has Tyson Fury fought? Right, just think about guys who have held the title. Right, Andy Ruiz, for example. Fury hasn't fought him. I'll give Fury credit on fighting Dillian White. Right, but of course... Tyson Fury hasn't fought Luis Ortiz, right? Hasn't fought many of the top 10. Is instead fighting an MMA guy, right? So I applaud the IBF for having the backbone to say, player, look, we know you're talented. To say, hey, Usyk, we know you're talented. Neither of you guys is going to be allowed to continue to dodge our mandatory contender. It's my understanding the IBF is going to sit back and allow the first fight to happen, but is going to insist that their guy, Ergovic, who will not accept step-aside money. Understand, you've had some great fighters accept step-aside money in the past because They have bills because it's an opportunity at lifetime financial freedom without the risk while maintaining their boxing record. Lennox Lewis famously accepted step-aside money when he was a young fighter. Ergovic, who's in his 30s, will not accept step-aside money. He wants both of these guys. Right? Understand that. He wants Both of these guys. Three millions of dollars isn't enough. He's a fighter and he wants the title. Right, So pay close attention to the heavyweight division, understand Ergovic's day, his opportunity is coming. I'm just telling you that he is a major threat to the throne, as is Zhili Zhang. Let's shift gears. You've heard me mention accomplished body punchers. One of the best in the game is Gilberto Ramirez. Right? Ramirez is a taller guy, so he doesn't have the advantages that a Mike Tyson or a Canelo or a Joe Fraser would have going to your body or a Jack Dempsey. Right? Those guys were shorter guys. So those guys could fight low duck under your shots and rip your ribcage, right? Understand with taller guys, it's different. The guy has to come up and deal with your head shots while getting close enough to you to get leverage on body shots, right? Folks, it's an art. You see a tall guy who's a really good body puncher and you'll notice, like George Foreman, that guy will tuck hellacious body shots into combinations, right? The guy will set it up where he hits you, he hurts you, then he's going to the body. Or the guy has a big right hand and he'll think like he's throwing a big right hand you move to cover and instead the guy will either double back, throw the right hand to the body, or be prepared to come inside, lower a shoulder and hit you with the left hook to the body. Now opponents are bluffers at the high level in boxing. So someone like, you heard me mention, a Joe Joyce gets hit with a withering body shot from Xili Zhang and his facial expression doesn't change. He has to impress the judges. He wants to bluff his opponent. He wants Zhang to feel that body shots don't bother him. Right? Understand, Dimitri Bevel, who beat both of these guys, Gilberto Ramirez and 34-year-old Joe Smith, Bevo has one of those faces that doesn't change facial expression when he's out in a rainstorm without an umbrella. I want you to look at the copy box numbers on Bevo's fight against Gilberto Ramirez. Now, don't get me wrong. He beats Ramirez by a comfortable margin. Right? I'm not saying that Beaver got a gift. And clearly the fighters knew each other because they had sparred with each other in the past. But what I am saying is if you look at the CompuBox numbers, they show a secret. They show that Gilberto Ramirez landed a lot of body shots against one of the most defensively blessed fighters in the sport that as you were looking at Beevil's hand speed, Beevil's movement, Beevil's combination punching, understand Beevil was getting hit in the rib cage. Right? Quite frankly, Beevil, who's unbeaten as I make this video? Who has won most of his fights by wide margins? Beevil, quite frankly, in a fight where he looked great, where his facial expression looked victorious. Faced one of his toughest fights when he fought Gilberto Ramirez. Understand, Ramirez is over 40 wins and only one loss. Now the question is, and it's the big question in this fight, and I don't have an answer for it. I'm on the sidelines in this fight. There are too many moving parts for me. But the big question is whether Gilberto Ramirez against a fighter who's as active up top as Joe Smith is, can avoid the shots up top while getting to Joe Smith's body. Folks, I don't have the answer. Let's throw in a wrinkle. Both of these guys will be fighting. At the heaviest weights of their careers they're no longer in the light heavyweight division both have moved up to cruiser there is a catch weight in the contract right there is a catch weight in the contract they have to be a certain number of pounds below the cruiser weight limit the weigh-ins already happened both guys have satisfied that contractual language right? I need for people to understand. We don't know how the extra weight is going to impact either fighter. Both guys are talking about how they feel great. Joe Smith is talking about the fact that he was fighting at light heavy from the time he was a teenager, right? Understand Gilberto Ramirez showed up to fight Gabe Rosado was seven pounds over the weight limit. I'm not kidding, seven pounds over the weight limit. And that fight had to be canceled. Now he gets to enter the ring with those seven pounds. The extra weight on vets sometimes can look bad. Sometimes the vet is not accustomed to carrying that extra weight. Sometimes by the seventh round, that extra weight feels like luggage. or the extra weight can actually look good on a vet. A guy Joe Smith beat, knocked him out of the ring, Bernard Hopkins, was leaving the sport after a great run as middleweight champion. He had lost his title, he was on the way out, he was an old man. He decides to gain 15 pounds. Why? Because there's a legendary figure, Sugar Ray Robinson who tried to jump from middleweight to light heavyweight. And Bernard Hopkins is a student of boxing, right? He talks about studying Marvin Hagler, right? No doubt a middleweight champ like Hopkins knew all about Sugar Ray Robinson. So he decides on his way out, like Robinson, the first time Robinson retired, he decides he's going to go fight at 175. Understand how it ended for Robinson. The referee has to be replaced mid-match because of heat exhaustion. They're fighting among a lot of humidity, right? Robinson, who is winning the fight against Joey Maxim, one of the better light heavyweight champions in history, Right, here is Robinson in his farewell fight. He thought at the time. Of course, he comes back later because this is boxing. Robinson could not handle the heat. The heat exhaustion KOs him from the match that he's winning. Right, well, understand Hopkins, to his surprise, is in against Antonio Tarver. And Hopkins, who... At middleweight, had not had a donut for years because he was following the Marvin Hagler line of discipline. Hopkins, who had eaten extra food, he had 15 pounds to play with, had extra pep in his step, uses his legs to outmaneuver a guy who had beaten Roy Jones two out of three times, takes Tarver's title, really based on movement and energy. Now the question here is, is either Joe Smith and Gilberto Ramirez gonna have extra energy off the weight gain? Folks, it's an open question. Let me say, it's such an open question that the casino is offering an intriguing high over under of 10 and a half rounds and is giving you a greater than plus 100 on the under 10 and a half, right? That would just be a speculative play. Let's just say, looking at these two guys, thinking of scenarios on how the fight can play out, I admit I'm clueless. I'm just not sure how this is going to go. Let me say this too. While Joe Smith in addition to fighting Bevel, who they both fought and who they both lost to. While Joe Smith has actually been in the ring with the likes of Petrbiev, Gilberto Ramirez has not. Right? There's an open question on Gilberto Ramirez's career. Right? Was he avoided? Folks, he has less losses than Canelo and more than 40 wins. Was he avoided or was he managed? Did other fighters say, no, nah, we're not fighting this dude. On to the next challenge. Or was it his management that said, no, we're not fighting this dude. onto the next challenge unless the guy is the mandatory. We're going to find out in this fight. I'm on the sidelines here, but it's a must-watch for me. Let me also say, too, that the cruiserweight division has gotten incredibly intriguing. Right? Lawrence O'Coley lost. Understand he still remains in the background. J.O. Bataille looks great. I just wonder what he's doing at cruiser or not heavy. Because a slick southpaw, one with movement and hand speed would do awfully well, in my opinion, against this big clunky heavyweight division, right? I think you see the prototype in Usyk, who himself was a cruiserweight champ, slick southpaw, who then moved up to heavyweight, where, let's face it, the paper's a lot bigger. You get paid a lot more money at heavyweight than you do at cruiserweight. In any event, Obataya is still at cruiser. There's even talk of a rematch between him and Maris Bredas, who broke his jaw in multiple places when they fought the first time. Right, The winner of this Joe Smith-Ramirez fight would be well-positioned to compete not just at cruiser, but possibly at heavyweight. Keep an eye on this fight, it's a must watch. I just don't know who has the edge. Given the weight gain, given the fact that both guys had recent losses, given the fact that Gilberto Ramirez's career, while he sparred with people like David Benavides extensively, doesn't have a name like David Benavides on it as a professional opponent. This should be a barn burner, but I'm on the sidelines betting-wise. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments, particularly if you have a decided preference in this match, in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.